Hello and welcome to Women in Confidence with Vanessa Murphy, the podcast that discusses all things to do with confidence at work. This is a podcast for women who want to know more about where their confidence supports them and where it can let them down in their careers. I'm your host, Vanessa Murphy, confidence coach, HR expert and podcaster. Every fortnight, this podcast will introduce you to women who have interesting stories to tell around confidence. Through their stories, you will realise that even women who appear to have it all have had confidence wobbles. But by listening to them, you will take away what they do to remain top of the confidence game. I'm delighted to have Candice Hickman on the podcast today. Candice is a personal branding coach for rising leaders in the self-help industry. She draws on her colourful background as an on-camera host, commercial model and an image consultant to challenge clients to overcome their fear, create their standout personal brand and become known for their unforgettable contributions to the world. Through her work, Candice inspires her audience to live confidently and intentionally, doing the work they've been called to do. Right, so Candice, thank you very much for joining me today on my podcast. I'm just going to highlight, only because I think this really blows my mind a little bit, that Candice and I are currently 14 hours time zone difference. So Mm. I'm in Melbourne and it's currently Thursday morning. And Candice, you're in um, Miami. And and I, I think it's Wednesday evening. It's Wednesday afternoon, 5pm. 5pm. I mean, that just blows my mind. And thank God for the internet and the ability that we can communicate on a great subject, but be so far apart and so different in terms of our time zones. But I do appreciate you you coming uh, onto the podcast today because I know you've got lots of great stories to tell. So your resume or your bio has got you as a personal branding coach, image consultant, a podcaster in your own right, and on the board of the Soul Sister Leadership Collective. But that is only a tiny little view into your world, because I also know that you've been an on-camera host, a commercial model as well, and an occupational therapist. And that journey from the occupational therapist to your current life in Miami and being a personal branding coach is really interesting. And we'll definitely get into that. But I want to just talk about your personal branding business and being a personal branding coach, because that's really relevant to the theme of this uh, Women in Confidence uh, podcast. And I know that you help people use the power of personal branding, but can you help me understand what a personal branding coach does What and what is personal, personal branding and why is it so important for confidence? Mm. Well, personal branding is essentially the perception that somebody else has of you that exists outside of you right? So it is that, it is the way that you carry yourself. It is the way that you communicate around your specific value, right? As a person, as a, as a career person, um, it is really having that deeper understanding of who am I, what do I actually have to offer and how do I communicate that in a way that's in alignment with my values and is in alignment with the way that I actually want to express myself, right? So it's really that idea, that perception of how other people are looking at you, how they're perceiving you, and how true that is to who you actually are. No, I was just going to say that bit about values I find really interesting because with the clients that I come across, Often they don't know their own values. And are you finding that with the clients that you come across? Well, I find that, yeah, a lot of the times we don't know our value, but more than that, it's not, it's that we're unable to articulate our value. 
right? Because we could sit here and say, well, I know that I'm a valuable person. I mean, that's the, actually quite the hard part, isn't it? Saying, you know, the, this whole podcast is about confidence in and of itself. So it is hard, I think, to sometimes value ourselves. Um, and then in the case of a personal brand, you having a personal brand, it also extends to not being able to articulate that value. So it's kind of twofold. You also said um, it's really understanding who you are. I think that's the basis of probably what both of us do is really taking the person who's in front of us and taking them almost back to who they are. How do you do that through personal branding or through your work? Well, you know, when someone comes to me, a lot of the oftentimes when clients come to me, it's because they are ready to be known for their work. Right. So they've gotten to the point where they say, hey, I want to put myself out there. I want to share my story. I want to be seen publicly. And so they come and they say, well, but how do I go about doing that? And the interesting thing is that when, whenever you're like in that space of needing, of wanting to begin putting yourself out there, it's even more important um, in many ways that you actually know what it is that you stand for. And so one of the first questions that I actually always ask people when I start working with them is, what do you want to be known for? And that stumps a lot of people right out of the gate. Because to ask someone what they want to be known for requires that they actually know who they are. And so this is like like an important starting point for my work with people because because you're coming to me and you're saying, I want to express myself for the purpose of advancing my career or advancing my business or impacting others in a really significant way, but you aren't really sure what it is that you want to be known for. And so for me, that question of who am I, that question of the, the way, the entry point into that work with somebody is trying to get to the heart of what it is that they want to be recognized for. And so is that work that you do, is it initially the internal confidence before they can even express themselves in an external confident brand? It's largely about, I believe, that clarity is bred, is that confidence is bred through clarity, right? Like it's clarity around our preferences, it's clarity around our desires, it's clarity around our visions, it's clarity and the acknowledgement that we belong. And so for me, we're using in many ways the external goals and the external visions as a as a way to seek clarity that i believe that confidence is a natural it's a natural result of that um so i wouldn't say that somebody comes to me and they say and and we sit down and we say well how can you be more confident because the way that i work with people is also very strategic so we're like it's almost this blending of you know the mindset the strategy the soul the systems right it's a blending of all of those things and it's and and for me it's the recognition that i know that if you have greater clarity around your preferences i know that if you have greater clarity around your vision i know that if you have greater clarity around what it is that you want to be known for and what your unique and special story is then you can actually begin to feel more confident in showing up as that person. So I wouldn't say that I start at the place of deep inner confidence because I believe also that um, that action creates confidence. And so it's this, this how, do we, how do we develop the clarity and take action in a way that naturally breeds confidence? Yeah, I love that whole idea of 
getting clarity to really start that journey then towards you know whatever that, that your client wants and but clarity can be really really hard to achieve in a busy world you know an ambitious working woman there's a lot going on for you you know not only just running the business but also putting yourself out there and running the brand have you got any tips that people can just get some clarity you know what what can they do to silence some of that so they can focus on getting clarity for themselves well i think that you said something important which is silence right so the first part i think is slowing down it's like taking space you know so many of us we see clarity but we never give ourselves space to actually allow that in and so I think that for some of us, it requires that we actually slow down, that we that we actually reflect um, and take the time to write or think about what it is that we want. I think so many things can be solved by reflection. But I also believe that clarity comes when we're curious, because if you are going, oh, I'm so confused, I'm so confused, I don't know what I want but you're not actually taking any type of action or allowing curiosity to guide you anywhere, then it's going to be challenging. You know, you, you at the beginning read off like all of these things that I've actually done in my past in my career. And just to like contextualize some of that, I actually started as an occupational therapist in my professional career. And when I moved to the United States, my professional credentials didn't transfer. And so I was like put into this period of, of, yeah, confusion where I didn't know what it is that I was meant to do. I felt like I'd spent all these years getting this degree and, you know, I, it, was, it was a short-lived experience and then I was on to the next thing. And so a lot of the things that I did in those first couple of years when I moved to the United States, the sports modeling, um, you know, the, the image consulting um, certification, the on-camera host work, all of that was in my desire to seek clarity. I was like, let me just try things. Let me just allow my curiosity to lead me. And the more I allowed that to just happen, the more clarity I developed. That saying, well, I'm just going to explore and see see what happens. That makes me nervous. And that will probably make some people nervous because they think, but I like boundaries and I like I like to know what I'm doing. So how can you sort of help us understand what was going on there? How did that feel when you were just trying things out? Because some people, that would make them hot and clammy, <laughs> just thinking about yeah. it. Yeah, well, I guess it's like a really a matter of thinking, you know, what's more important to you? Like, so I, in my own personal story, the idea of re-entering into a career, because I was wiped with a, a clean slate. It's like, okay, can't do that. Now what? And the idea for, to me at that point, of entering into work that I didn't love, it was so, it was it was so scary to me um, that I was like willing to do whatever I needed to figure it out. And I realized that for a lot of people that can be scary. But I thought to myself, what's more scary to me is being in a career, being in a life, being in a situation that I don't love you know and so that desire to find work that i was passionate about to really define uh, what my purpose was that was 
more important than any of that. Mm. And, um, and I think it's always a matter of like how you choose to see things. Um, you know, if your perception is that this is, you know, where I'm just going to, I'm going to embrace all that life has to offer. I'm going to explore, I'm going to try these things that I'm passionate about. And, and in them, I'm hoping that I can find something that I'm, that I'm able to monetize and so that I can profit from my passions. That's a different mentality to come at it from. Just going back to the the personal branding coach and something you put on your website, and I want to quote back to you, you said, um, you talk about putting your work um, and yourself in the spotlight and overcoming the fear of being visible. That I, I certainly find with my clients, the thought of being visible is where a lot of the underlying confidence issues sort of lie. And I hear that a lot. I, I mean, how, help me unpack that for people. What, why is being visible so terrifying for many people for a lot of my um, the people that I come into contact with being visible is frightening when you believe that the work is about you right like when we when we center ourselves in certain scenarios and this is always weird when people hear me saying this is a personal branding um you know coach but when we when we center ourselves it's uncomfortable because if people reject our brand, if they say no to us, if they say no, then we take it personally. We take it as a, as a, we we're fear criticism, we fear rejection, you know, we, we fear all of these things that would might feed into a narrative that we aren't good enough to be doing the work, that we aren't good enough to be in the position that we're in, that we don't belong. And a lot of those things, those fears that come up are because we are centering ourselves. And the shift that I take a lot of people through is to recognize that the work is never really about us. Like if we have a personal brand and we've showed up and say, we're ready to really show up in the world to, you know, speak and write and teach and coach and, and serve and do things that are, are going to influence and impact people in a really significant way. At that point, we have to recognize that we're just a vessel and that the work in, in actuality isn't really about us. And I found that when people can shift into that place of being like, I'm visible because I know that, that, that with my words, that with my story, that, you know, with the service that I have to offer, that people's lives will be positively impacted you know, that I can use the work that I do for the good of others. When we realize that, we stop centering ourselves and visibility becomes less of a arrogant thing and more from a place of service. That is gorgeous. I love that. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that idea of, whilst you talk about the spotlight, actually the spotlight isn't you, it's on the work you do. It's not you Mm -hmm. personally. I love that. We're going to talk about your journey now from occupational therapist to personal branding coach. I know you said you moved from Australia, but it's the story behind why you moved from Australia to America that I really want to start to understand a bit more. So could you share that journey for me, please? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's a little, it's a not, it wasn't career focused. It was totally love life. Um, I actually, well, it wasn't totally love life. I'll have to take you all the way back. So I actually, you can't see me. I know that we have <laughs> listeners that can't see me, um, but I am, I'm biracial. And, you know, my dad is uh, African-American and my mum is European-Australian. And I was born and raised in Australia. I was born uh, primarily with um, my white family. And I actually came to America um, when I was 22 um, by myself because I really wanted to get to know my black roots. 
right? I wanted to get to know um, that side of the family. I wanted to spend time with my cousins and my uncles and aunties. And I really wanted to understand where I came from. And so I came out to America with that intention to get to know my roots. I had this this sense that that's what I needed in order to feel grounded. And I um, arrived in America and I traveled around for three months. And the love story part is I actually met my husband while I was traveling. And so I just went home and three months later, he was out and proposed and I picked up my stuff and moved here. Um, (laughs) But it was, yeah, interesting that the search for my roots brought me to my husband, isn't it? Yeah, that's a gorgeous love story. Yeah. <laughs> and moving from one country, and I know because I've moved from the UK to Australia reasonably recently, but moving from one country to the other side of the world, to use my term, I said that that takes quite a lot of balls to do that. Mm. How did you know it was all going to work out? What, where was the confidence in you to do such a thing? I didn't know it was going to work out. I don't think that we that we ever know it, what's going to, if it's going to work out for us, but I believe that everything is always working out for me. Um, I believe that everything that comes my way, that I have a choice as to how I'm going to see it. I have a choice as how, how I'm going to navigate it. So when we speak about the, the confidence um, that it takes, I think that there is an element there of surrender. I think that there is an element there that we believe that we're supported right? In, you know, in whatever way that means to you, right? For me, I, I'm a spiritual person. I believe there's a power greater than me, but, you know, we, we, um, we have to kind of surrender and believe that we are going to be held, that we're going to be looked after. And so for me, it wasn't a matter of being like, well, I know that everything's going to work out. I just have the confidence to believe that everything is going to work out for me and that whatever comes my way, I have the potential to figure it out. I have the potential to navigate. And so when you moved to the States and you met your family and, and then realised you were going to set down some, some real roots here, you couldn't go into occupational therapy, as you've you already explained, and then you started to explore. What was your first step into really establishing yourself in the U.S.? Well, the first, there was a study, right? Like, so for me, it was like, okay, well, it's actually interesting. I was, I had been trying to get my occupational therapy credentials to transfer and have been doing research projects and have been doing extra um, trainings and whatnot. And it just wasn't working out. And I just thought, well, look, must be for a reason. Everything's always working out for me. This just, it just, I mean, it was devastating. I'm not going to say it was like, well, it wasn't that. It was a challenge when all that was going on. But I think that there was at one point that I said, well, this is a really unique opportunity for me to just be, just for me to just really figure out what I want to do. So I was sitting on the couch one day, I was actually watching reruns of a, um, a, a, a TV show on Bravo. It's called How Do I Look with Jeannie Mai. And it's this show where she does these makeovers with these, with these um, men and women who are, you know, just poorly dressed and poorly presented and their families are worried about them. And so she does these makeovers. And I remember sitting on the couch and watching and, you know, Australia is not big on entertainment, you know, like as an industry or the arts or anything like that. And so it never even crossed my mind that this is something people did for a living. And I remember sitting there watching Jeannie Mai and thinking, wow, how cool would it be to be a TV host? Like it never crossed my mind that you could be a TV host and she's a stylist. So she gets to be a stylist and a TV host. And I was just so, just like so curious about that. 
that I actually set out to become a TV host, a stylist that was going to be a TV host. Like she was my, I want to be like her. And so the first thing I do, so the first thing I had a vision, right? Like it was like, I had this vision and I started working towards it. I flew out to LA um, a couple of months later and I got my um, personal styling certificate. It was actually an image consulting um, certificate. And then I went back and I just started telling people, I want, I'm going to be a TV host. I want to be a TV. I didn't know what you had to do. I went to some universities. I sat in on journalism classes and I just started telling people. And one day I was invited by uh, a friend of my husband's who was a TV anchor to accompany her to the grand opening of a restaurant. And while we were there, there were these gentlemen who were actually filming the thing and they were getting ready to launch this, this a season of this TV show that they had where they were covering local events that were happening around Chicago. And this lady, this anchor that I was with, the TV anchor, she said, oh, this is my friend Candace. She's a TV host. I wound up out the front of this, out the front of this restaurant interviewing guests and, the, and it was in the pilot of this TV series. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, that's kind of like how I got into that. And I just, yeah, it's just, it just kind of went from there. I love that you say, if I tell enough people, and I, I guess if I have that inner belief that I'm going to be a host on screen, on camera, then it will happen. And, and was, there a, was there a conscious voice in you that said, Candice, you're going to be a camera host? What was the voice inside you or was there one? I just think it was like a, a vision. You know, when I think back to it, I don't necessarily think that I was ever like, that this was a huge dream for me, that I was going to, this was this big thing. It was more just that I, I believe that I was meant to be front and center in some way. I just felt like, you know what, I'm meant to be doing something that helps others. I'm meant to be doing something, whether it's on stage or on camera. That's how I felt. And so when I started telling people that I wanted to be a TV host, it was more just that I, I just believed that, I was meant to be doing something grand and, and kind of doors just started like opening there. And do you still do that work? I don't do that work. I did that work for just like about two years. Then I got into the coaching industry. And how did, how did that evolution or journey take place? You went from on screen, uh, on camera host, and also you, you were a commercial model to, yeah then have your own company and your own brand. Well, so so that so they all flow into each other, right? Because when I started getting on TV and then I realized that, okay, well, maybe people want to see me on TV. Maybe I should try modeling. And so I actually signed, um, you know, I got an agent um, and that agent was actually through Sports and Lifestyle Unlimited, which was a, you know, a, just a growing company back then. They're quite big now. But, um, and so I actually started sports modeling. So I was modeling for, you know, Adidas or Adidas, as they say, in the US and life fitness and Wilson basketball. And, and so I was, I was doing that modeling kind of in relationship to the work that I was doing with the television work. Um, and then during that time, I was like, someone said to me, you should be a health coach. Like you're so, and, and I will say one other aspect is that at that point in time, I had also started to doubt myself when it came to the hosting stuff. And this is what had happened. Like anything in my life, I had decided that I was going to, if I was going to do this, I was going to do it with excellence. 
And I really had been feeling unequipped to be on television. I had gotten there, right, but I started to feel like, well, I don't really know anything about the business. I don't really know any, I've never had any training around this. How did I get here? You know, I'm not good enough to be doing this. And so a lot of doubt had actually started to creep up for me. And I was determined that I was going to be, okay, let me figure this out. I went out and I got a book. It was by Marky Costello. It was called Become a TV Host. And I started reading um, this book. And in the first couple of chapters of the book, she talked about the fact that if you if you truly want to stand out as a television host, then you have to have your own brand. Okay. So she said, you've got to have your own brand. And I was like, well, I have no idea what a brand is and how do I become my own brand? And she didn't go on to say anything else about what it meant to become your own brand. It was just like, you need one and you should start talking about things that matter to you. So at this point, I started to feel like I'm just another, I'm just another girl on TV that doesn't have a brand. And so me entering the coaching industry was actually an attempt to figure out what my brand was. People had, I'd started doing some some um, modeling um, with Sports and Lifestyle Unlimited. I was very fit at the time. I was even competing in some of those competitions. And um, someone said, like, you, you know, you're so into health and fitness, maybe you should do, be a health coach. And so I actually got into health coaching because I wanted to figure out what my brand was. And I, and I, and it was my attempt to like become a brand that felt like I could get specific work and higher paid work around um, health and fitness. A couple of um, pretty quickly into health and fitness, I was so obsessed with trying to figure out what this meant to be your own brand. Well, but how do you be your own brand? I was so obsessed and I was studying and reading marketing books and confidence books and all these different things. And people started to ask me, well, how are you building your brand? <laughs> And so I started talking about, well, this is what I did here and this is what I did here and this is what I did here. And everything was just an evolution and a spin-off. Like it sounds like there's all of these different things, but actually every single thing led into to another from like sitting on that couch that, that day to saying to myself, I want to be a stylist on TV, to then going and getting my image consulting, to then getting on TV, to then wondering what my brand was, to then getting a coaching certification, wondering what it meant to be my own brand, to then still being so obsessed with what it meant to be a brand. And then everything eventually came full circle to where I am today, which has just been like a total integration of all those things. You come across as somebody who is really in tune with I guess your thoughts and feelings and when things are not don't feel in tune or right you come you're definitely somebody who's curious you know you've talked about mm-hmm. doing lots of research um, and uh, and then you're definitely somebody who takes action and you've mentioned action before and I I, I want to sort of take the conversation there because you talked about you already talked about sort of knowing when things aren't right but how do you then transfer some of your thoughts and your curiosity and your learnings into action how do I translate my curiosities into action? I think the vision always always guides us. I take action even when I'm scared, but I also always know the purpose, right? Like this isn't just action for action's sake or, you know, um, just kind of getting swept away with things. You know, like I'm always curious, but I also still have I have, a, I have an idea of how I want to feel, right? And I think that, like, it's a, this combination of, like, I know that I want to feel, 
freedom or I know that I want to feel fulfilled or I know that I want to feel, I know that I want my life to look a certain way. Not really sure the how, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like sometimes it can be like that. It's like, I don't really know. I know that I want to live a life of freedom. I know that this is how I want to experience my life. I know that this is the impact that I want to make. I'm not really sure how, but I'm prepared to be curious enough to do some things that might bring me towards that how. So I think that like the the action going from curiosity to action, um, I think it does require a vision of how you at least want to feel or what you want your days to look like because you need that guiding, you need that guiding light. Listening to you, definitely somebody that doesn't seem to be scared. And you said, I take action even if, even if I'm scared. And that that that's the bit I find people have the biggest stumbling block. They're scared uh, of taking action. And yet the very solution to them feeling fear is the action. And it mm. and so it becomes this sort of self-fulfilling prophecy. And I guess our work is to help people break out of that feeling of being scared. So that action then comes. But I love it that you said, if you have a vision first, Mm. that is absolutely the starting point for any action. I also love that you you talk about growing confidence and the idea that confidence isn't static. You Mm. don't suddenly say, "Okay, I was born with 10 points of confidence and that's my lot. What do you see showing up for your clients around their their thoughts about confidence do, do they see that they can grow or do they see static i think that most people believe that confidence can be grown um i think that a lot of times people don't have that roadmap or they don't have that idea of like how that is possible for them but i think that that confidence is just this it's a constant shift in perception that inspires you to take action because like for any single situation we have, there's many different ways that we can actually choose to look at it. And so a lot of the times, you know, it's like the, the example that, you know, I gave you earlier around, you can either choose to see visibility in, in a way that centers yourself, or you can choose to see visibility in a way that serves others. And I know that a lot of people will take that shift in perception and then they feel better about showing up in a way that's really visible because they've taken the pressure and the heat off of themselves. And I find that it's the, it's the same with anything when it comes to confidence, right? We have to learn how to have that, like those little shifts in perception that can allow us to feel or think differently about something um, that we're thinking about. And we, if we're open to those shifts in perception, that is the first step that's required in order for us to start to move into a place of greater confidence. You know, I think that for a lot of clients as well and a lot of people that I come across, it's also that belief that we belong. You know, like I, a big part of my story and actually was writing a a speech um, for a talk that I have to give is around a part of my story, like I was explaining earlier, is around coming to the US as a bi-ethnic, biracial woman wondering where I belonged. And like part of that story And for me, there was this close relationship between this idea of where do I fit in and where do I belong and um, how I'm actually showing up in my self-confidence. And I realized, had this big epiphany, and this is only actually recent for me, but it was like when when we know and believe that we belong, 
when we believe that we belong on the stage, in the room, at the table, then that is that is that is huge, right? When you believe that you belong, that you believe that you have a right to be in any space, in any situation that you desire to be in, then you can show up and just exist in that belief. And, and it changes the way that you move. And so a big part of this confidence journey is like, developing the belief system. So being able to shift your perspective and realizing that I might be feeling this way about this particular thing right now, but I know believe and believe that I'm just one perception shift away from feeling totally different. And that's like, that is the way that I approach almost any situation that I have in my life. If I'm feeling resistant to something, if something doesn't feel good to me, I know I actually said this to somebody yesterday in response to a situation that was happening. I said, look, I need to sit with this for a minute because right now I don't feel good about it, but I know that I'm only one perception shift away from a whole new feeling. So just let me sit with this for a minute. And it was about, it was literally within 30 minutes that that whole thing just shifted for me yesterday. But yeah, that's just to say that, yeah, I think that most people understand that confidence can grow. Some of us are confidence, obviously, are maybe naturally more confident than others, but that doesn't mean that we can't develop it. Were you conscious of your confidence when you were younger? Again, I guess you, I get the sense that you were, you were always what would be classed a confident child. Were you aware of it at that point? I was. What I wasn't aware of was my self-doubt because it's, it's, it's quite interesting, right? I, I think that as a yeah, as a kid, I was like the one like, oh, yeah, I'm going to perform, you know, even though I can't sing, I'm going to sing anyway. <laughs> and like, I'm the school captain, I'm going to be on stage. And I prided myself on like being that, yeah, so I can talk in front of everybody. That's the type of person I, I was. As I got older, um, and some a friend said to me recently, Candice, yeah, well, you should definitely the right person to be talking about confidence because you don't have any problems with self-confidence. And the minute she said that, I was like, yeah, I, yeah, I do, right? Because if, if, if I didn't, if I did, th- there would be, I would have more of what I wanted because I believe that so much of our confidence is tied to, you know, so much of what we want is tied to the confidence that we believe that we deserve it. And um, I think that it, it's um, like acknowledging and recognizing our self-doubt so that we can, I think you're in a really, I think that you're in a really unique position to thrive when you recognize that you struggle with self-doubt. I think that you're in a really unique position to grow and evolve when you recognize that there's areas that require improvement. And when you're open to being, to speaking and being vulnerable about those, I actually think that I struggled for quite some time because on a surface level, I was just like, well, I'm confident. It's it's something else. But then to start to realize, oh, actually self-doubt is the reason why I didn't do that. You know, I wanted to assign it to all these other things. I wanted to assign it to like feeling like I didn't have enough credentials or I wanted to assign that to feeling like I didn't, I, I, you know, I needed more experience or I wanted to assign that to this other reason and I wasn't recognizing or calling it for what it was. And so I think that for, the, for, for people that others may view as naturally confident, we, we have our things and I think that all of us 
particularly those people that are in recognize where self-doubt exists in themselves have the capacity to like move through it in a really powerful way. What's your approach to tackling self-doubt as it comes up now? Do you have a practice, a routine, a discipline? I think it's just, it's uh, honoring that it's there. It's almost like the minute that you bring your attention to something, it starts to dissipate. Um, And then also, what am I going to do, right? So I realized recently that one of my one of my goals and intentions has always been to grow a speaking business. And for whatever reason, I've been procrastinating on pitching for speaking opportunities. And I realized just a couple of weeks ago, wow, it's been a really long time, Candice, that you actually, since you actually pitched for a speaking op. And why aren't you? And I was genuinely in that place of feeling like, but I need to work on my bio. But I need to, you know, like somebody had actually reached out to me about a, spay, a paid um, opportunity and, well, they'd, asked, they'd reach out to me with a quote and I was nervous about like sending back how much money like that I, that I wanted to ask for. And I realized that I had to bring my awareness to it and then I had to take action to move through it. But I think that it all starts with just the acknowledgement that it's there. Right. I can tell you now, you definitely don't need to change your bio. I think this <laughs> podcast in itself has has said or told me that, you know, you have got so much experience and knowledge and interesting stories. You definitely don't need to expand your bio. But it's it's a nice segue because I was going to say you, your career and you as a person have evolved. Mm. What's next? Because I'm sure this is, you know, you, you talked about speaking and that's a great segue as well. But what, what, where, where do you see yourself evolving? What's next for you? I actually, I want to build um, a full-time speaking business because that's not an aspect of my work. My income comes from coaching um, right now, but I would love to build that full-time speaking business. I'm actually developing my signature speech, which um, is going hand in hand with the book that I intend to write. Um, And so my goal is really to be able to say I'm a self-help author and inspirational speaker. Um, And so I I really want to be in the business of of motivating and inspiring other people to believe that there's someone worth knowing and that their gifts and talents are worthy of recognition and compensation and to do that in more of a teaching capacity. And so when I think about kind of like the evolution and where to from here, I hope, I hope that one day I'll be on that stage and get to look out to see thousands of your faces and, um, you know, to be, to be sharing my books and writings. And that's kind of like my big, my big goal, just to reach more people with a message. But it sounds like you're very clear on your vision already. Uh, And as you've already said, you know, once you've got your vision, actually the action is relatively easy to that to follow. It's just so, a matter, I think, of staying in alignment with it, isn't it? At different times throughout my life, I've certainly been like, oh, well, I think I want to do this. And then it's really easy to get distracted because this isn't the first time I've said that. <laughs> and keeping yourself in alignment with your vision. Do you have a coach? Do you have somebody who keeps you on the rails uh, and, and mm-hmm. heading towards your vision? Or do you, is it all you? I've had multiple, many, many coaches. I'm actually, I don't actually have, I finished up with my last coach a couple of months ago, but um, I've had many coaches, branding coaches, business coaches, media and communication coaches, sales funnel strategists, business accelerator coaches. I, I, there's, there is usually very little time between when I have a coach um, downtime. Yeah. 
I believe so much in the power of coaching. I was going to ask, you know, what do you get from that coaching that really helps you be successful? Well, sometimes it's strategy, right? Like a, sometimes it's kind of like um, a strategic partner, like a thought partner. And then other times it's just like, it's just, it's this accountability. It's this, it, it's somebody to help me see a new perspective when maybe I'm so much into it that I can't see it. And then I also tend to hire coaches that have areas of expertise that maybe I don't have or I'm not as well versed in. So obviously my branding coach was like the first coach I'd ever had um, was a branding coach. Um, and then, you know, I, you know, when it was like, okay, time for me to, you know, wanting to like really put myself out there um, more in the media, it was a media coach. And so um, I tend to like uh, find coaches that have specific areas of expertise that I believe that I'm not as well versed in just so that I have that extra perspective. So you've given us so much and I'm sure there'll be people who are listening or like starting to be really curious about you and want to know mm-hmm. some more about you. Where can, where can people find you? What, what, how do they track you down? Yeah. yeah it's pretty much just my name everywhere. So CandiceHickman.com um, is my website and that's C-A-N-D-I-S um, Hickman.com. And from there, there's my, my uh, Instagram and my Facebook page. I'll probably say that I'm most, um, I'm most kind of active, I would say probably on my website, like a publishing a weekly blog. And um, certainly if you get on my email list, I send out weekly emails just with encouragement, tips, advice, and all that good stuff. Your so, website's yeah. beautiful, actually. I was looking at it recently. It is really well designed and it really shows what you do in such a great way, you know, without being too wordy or it's just beautiful. Mm, thank you very much. And that thank you. That's been a work in progress. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, most people say about their website. <laughs> it takes time. So uh, I just want to say thank you, Candice, for, for being on the show. It's always interesting to hear from people, but your journey's been fascinating from when you started uh, in Australia to now where you are. And you're, you are your, you're this brand. You know, it's incredible. You are absolutely what you you know you took walk the talk you're absolutely your own brand thank you so much for your time it's been amazing and you know there's so many little pearls of wisdom you've given not just me but you know people who are listening so I just want to say thank you of course thank you so much for having me what an honor to be a part of um, this amazing women in confidence um, podcast Thank you so much for listening to Women in Confidence and I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, then please like it, share it, comment on it, and if you want to, sponsor it. If you'd like to take part in my podcast or know somebody who would make a perfect guest, then please email me on contact at vanessa-murphy.com. That's contact at vanessa-murphy.com. Until next time.